Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast. Episode 64, Girl. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hello, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everybody. So we're going to talk about a touchy subject today, and it has to do with the usage of the word girl followed by a word relating to business (laughs) (laughs) and how much this bothers us and why. And there's been a fair amount written about this on the internet from others critiquing terms like girl boss and boss babe and biz boss babe and every which manner of other phrases related to these things. Um, And, you know, we have our own brand of critique and we also wanted to offer a deeper introspection on why we think this is happening and offer some strategies for alternatives to still own our emerging power as women in business and not to belittle ourselves in the process. We have been talking about this for a long time, you and I, and a lot of eye rolling and a little bit of anger on my part, a lot of frustration with some of the hashtags that female entrepreneurs use. We hear it on podcasts, the way people talk about other women entrepreneurs. We hear it in, you know, some coaches even. Things like, like you said, girl boss or boss babe or boss babies. We even came across Sparklepreneur, which really was the last straw for me and just had a... (laughs) a mild breakdown about why we need to use that language when we speak to other female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's so demeaning to women. It is so insulting to our intelligence. And I just find it completely unnecessary, but also fascinating that women feel that they need to speak in that language to attract their listeners, their followers, their clients. Yeah, I also see the other side on this. And where I feel like these terms and these hashtags connect women to each other. So they connect other women who are starting companies or businesses with each other. But, you know, we straddle a couple of different worlds in what we do, right? So we're also women in tech and we're in some female entrepreneur groups and women in tech groups. And those women don't speak like this. And and so like I, there's this very disjointed conversation that's happening and emerging around women in business and and women having a role publicly on the internet. It's fascinating to watch it play out. And Sandy, you said something that I think makes a lot of sense in that this whole female entrepreneur game is really in its infancy. So mm-hmm. when, you know, when we were children, when someone used the term boss, it was automatically assumed that that was a man. A white male, yep. A white man with like maybe a pot belly. <laughs> and a suit. <laughs> and a really fancy, fancy suit, right? And so that's this caricature that we've all grown up with and carried with us into adulthood. And so I think this girl boss phenomenon is a response to that. It's a backlash against that. And so to the extent that that's happening, I think that's very positive that there's this whole movement or this energetic feeling in our culture now towards women in business that is positive. I just worry about the way this is playing out specifically around business. Because like I said, in tech, um, because we're also in that world, and I feel really proud to be in that world. And 
there women are called women in that world right mm-hmm. and so it's interesting when you there's a girls can code like they're <laughs> girls children mm-hmm. those are young girls learning to code and then there's like women who code and that's grown women and it's really interesting to me why grown women in business in many cases right now on the internet are choosing to call themselves girls instead of women and and what that is. And I think a lot of it is a play to Sophia Amoruso's Girl Boss book, which I also read and enjoyed reading. Part of the story of that book is that Sophia started her company. She started selling vintage clothes on eBay when she was still a teenager, right? And so she was a girl. The fact that all of these grown women have co-opted this word is really fascinating to me. I don't quite understand it. You know, I'm not a sociologist, but I see the way that it's playing out. And I think this also plays into a lot of what Kelly Deals talks about mm-hmm. when she's critiquing the female lifestyle yes, empowerment brand. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation that hopefully we'll be able to talk to Kelly about on, on air at some point. We've used the hashtag a little bit because the truth is, is it helps people find us, but we don't want to use it. And so we just, you know, this podcast is a place for us to air our our own dirty laundry and our own frustrations and to hopefully spark a conversation about what we can do instead to connect as women in business. We don't need to infantilize ourselves. No, that's what makes me crazy. And I'm all for women supporting women, but I just think we should talk to each other as adults and not make it about being children. And speaking of hashtags, I just did a quick search on Instagram. The hashtag girl boss is used 9.1 million times. Woman boss uh, is 50,000. Boy boss is just under 5,000 and man boss is 2,500. Man boss? <laughs> the men don't have to use, they don't have to qualify, use their gender to say that I'm a boss, right? Oh, I just struggle with it. And it feels so, so childish to me. And it makes me so mad. And I think I was, you know, as you know, I always talk about archetypes to you, Jenny, and um, the work of Carolyn Mace, who, Mace, who did um, wrote Sacred Contracts. And she does a lot of work because her writing is primarily based around our archetypes. And when we were talking about this last week about potentially doing this episode, it made me think about how Carolyn explains the child archetype. For those of you who may not be as familiar, archetypes are basically neutral in our psyche. Like they're not good or bad. But what I see playing out is that the women in business are dropping into the shadow side of their child archetype. So they are using childish language that, but it to me, it feels like they are waiting to be saved or waiting to be told what to do, or they're waiting for someone to nurture them and take the responsibility away from them. It makes me feel like if I'm the girl boss, then somebody is the actual adult boss and it's not me. And I think that's what bothers me so much about the language. And yes, hats off to Girl Boss Brand from Sofia Amoruso totally get that. That's not what we're talking about. It's all of the other women who think that that is how they need to speak about their brands. And I just think, I just want to say, let's just grow up and be adults about our business. And it doesn't mean we need to use boring language like woman boss, you know, it doesn't have a great ring to it. But I think we can we can stop with the the child. And I even Jenny, we, we talked about this last week, too, that the voices, some of the podcasts that we listen to, when they're talking to their audiences, it's very much like, hey, girl, girl bosses or boss babes or boss babies. And it's this, it's this baby voice. And I can tell you that the men, the men don't do that. 
I'm not a fan of a baby voice. I'm just going to say. <laughs> Other than I, I think it's been proven to when you talk to infants in that voice, it actually helps them develop cognition. If you meet my dog, I want you to do the baby voice because it will tell him that you're like playing and that fun. That you're and safe not and not to attack you. Yeah, but that's the only time. I want to give a couple of examples. So first of all, as women doing work, we don't always need to have qualifiers. So we don't need to call ourselves women business owners or female entrepreneurs. We don't need to do that. It's helpful as as a tool to help us connect with one another. And, you know, I'm in a few female entrepreneur groups that I feel really grateful to be a part of. And I feel very much like the women in those circles support and lift one another up. In a situation, especially in tech, because that's that again is, is also our space where there is not a strong presence of other women doing what we do, having those connections with like-minded business owners is invaluable. And so I think as as a way for us to find each other and connect privately, it's it's quite nice. But it's it's a different thing to take that and make it a public part of your brand, right? And so that's questionable to me. The other thing that I wanted to say is we were talking earlier about women in other professions and how you would never hear like girl lawyer or <laughs> like girl doctors or girl astronauts, right? Like you don't no, hear no. that. I just try to think back to when I first was teaching college college classes and I was a TA or developing my own curriculum and teaching and I was in my 20s, mid 20s. And um, I was teaching people that were, you know, my age or sometimes a little bit younger than me. And I would have been horrified if someone called me like girl professor. Like I would have been so offended by that. It would have really undermined my authority as a leader in those classrooms. Like I remember teaching a bunch of undergrads at Yale. One of the classes I TA'd was uh, when I was in grad school was called strategy, technology and war. (laughs) You know, I'm teaching like I'm teaching like military politics to a whole bunch of Yale undergrads. Like the last thing I wanted in my world was for someone to think I was a girl because I was like 20 whatever five years old (laughs) teaching these college students and I was trying my very best to come across as mature and responsible and authoritative right and and that's part of what being a leader is and so I just wonder to the extent that that as business owners and as entrepreneurs we're belittling our existence publicly I'm sure there's an impact but privately like what does that do to our own psyches when we're doing that it's actually very horrifying to me it feels like giving away power. If I'm the girl, then there's an adult in my life that's in my business. And I'm not it. I'm not the one making the calls. There's someone else with more authority than me when I call myself a girl. Mm-hmm. And when you are the boss, it's an honor to be a boss. And it is so empowering and so fantastic. And it takes so much guts and so much intelligence. And these are the words that we should be describing ourselves with, not the child form female child form of a human. Yeah, I want to read a quote from (laughs) Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis is an entrepreneur herself, and and she has a new book out. And she wrote a blog post called Why I Hate the Term Girl Boss. She wrote this like a year and a half ago. And this is a, we'll link to this 
this HuffPost article in the show notes, but she says, being a boss has been one of the greatest privileges and challenges of my life. Being a boss takes guts and tenacity. Being a boss takes hustle and strength. Getting to the level of boss takes hard work, oftentimes harder than our male counterpart because in many industries we're fighting our way into a boys club. You might call that kind of person a rebel, a rogue, a leader, but there's nothing girly about it. I just try to think of my own life until I became an entrepreneur four years ago, I try to think of myself like working in Congress and like (laughs) working for the vice president. And like I was surrounded by men all the time. And even in law, you know, I mean, my law school was half women, um, which was really like wonderful (laughs) in a lot of ways. Most of my education and, and sort of the path I've taken in life has been overwhelmingly dominated by men, especially in any kind of leadership role. And so I think that We have to be aware of the fact that we may be setting ourselves back by choosing this kind of language and by talking to ourselves in this way. So is there not a way that we can come together as women trying to break through glass ceilings? Is there not a way we can do that without undermining our own authority in the process? This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. I think we should all start thinking about what are the adjectives we want to describe ourselves with. Is it you know, intelligent and tenacious and ambitious and talented. And all those are the words that we should be, we should be putting in front of boss or entrepreneur or or whatever word you choose. But we should take a moment and just self-reflect. How do we want to be viewed by the world? What are those words that we should be perhaps hashtagging or using in our copy? And even just imagery too, right, Jenny? It goes beyond. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beyond words. I mean, is it all pale pink and, you know, those gendered colors and and sparkles and unicorns and pink and, you know, like just wrapped up in a pink pretty bow. We interviewed last week the Bravery magazine women that, that, that started that magazine. And I was looking at their Instagram afterwards and thinking, I'm so inspired by the color palette that they chose and the type of font that they chose because it truly is just gender neutral. It's like a burnt orange color and it's sort of muted. I wish we had asked them about this, but they probably put a lot of thought into what can represent the word bravery and not have to you know, s- slip into a gender. I do wish we had asked them that question because we've struggled a lot with this ourselves, with our brand. Mm-hmm. The words too, I mean, we've been thinking a lot about the words that are, are our values for our company. And we've had a list of, of values that we've we've been toting since the beginning, Sandy, and they've been be kind, be brave, be love. And we're actually updating those because I think that we want to be more specific in what we're doing. And so you and I have been playing around for the last couple of weeks with our own values because we also want to start putting our, our values out more publicly as well to have conversations about those values. Ambitious is a word that we've been throwing around mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people are really afraid to use or associate themselves with, especially women. My guess is that most men in business yeah. are not afraid of the word ambitious, but it's kind of a dirty word to women. I mean, this is relating back to our episode on just, the word just that we recorded a, a few weeks back. One of the reasons that we use those kinds of qualifiers in our language is because we 
are trying to not come across as too too much of anything intimidating too much right we're not trying to come across as too much and um and so i think that that these muted colors and these words that make us seem like children are a way to keep ourselves safe right like we can't look look i'm not trying too hard to overstep my power here i'm pink and i'm a girl and i'm small and look at me i'm strong and it's sabotage it's it's the saboteur coming out but not taking responsibility for what you created and just pulling back a little bit. It's self-protective. You're putting yourself out there in a way that, in my mind, I think it also is sort of protective because you're like, oh, it's safe. I'm allowed to claim my power in this pink childlike space, but I'm not allowed to claim my power like out in the big wide world at like South by Southwest, right? I think that there's something going on there where in a certain segment of society, in a certain community, using certain language and using certain colors, there is a way where it's okay and it's relatively safe to claim your ambition and plant plant your flag, right? And then, it, but but when you step out of that and you're competing with the big boys in like the rest of the world, that's where stuff gets messy and stuff gets dangerous. I think for women, you know, we could we, we could go on and on about this, but but I think that the words that we use are super important, and I think. I try to think of my daughter who's five and I try to think about like what I want her when she's 24 and starting a company. We're starting a company with her now. But when she's 24 and she's running her empire, do I want her thinking of herself as a girl boss? Like absolutely not. No, absolutely no, not. That's, she's going to be using words like empire, yeah. right? Like she's going to be- I want her to, to be, be a damn queen. That's what I want. I want her Empress. to own her life and like own her future. I don't want her wearing any of this, you know, girly stuff. Just using all those qualifiers, like you said, with the word just, but to, like, to limit it or to restrict it, like lose all of that. Just state it and be it and live it. Yeah. Without With no qualifiers. Yeah. But, you know, you do open yourself up to the entire internet. When I hashtag our stuff, like I often will do women in tech because there's also a subculture that we participate in there. If I hashtag our stuff founder or I hashtag it CEO or I hashtag it startup, that's the worst one. The kinds of people that that invites to come and look at our brand and critique us is a whole other world than if I were to hashtag it like lady boss or something. And, and I think that that's, that's truth, right? Like the truth is, is you're now competing with a bunch of people who maybe operate in the world differently than you. So you're you're competing now with a whole bunch of ambitious men and you you end up in sort of that entrepreneurial realm online which is also really uncomfortable. There's like the Ferrari driving black and red kind of color palette of like entrepreneurial men which could be a whole other podcast of us critiquing yeah the yeah. problems with that like hyper masculine entrepreneurial man. <laughs> when I said Jenny that I feel like females in entrepreneurship is in its infancy. I think that we have not fully realized our potential and our way of operating in the world. We are not yet comfortable with how we want to run our businesses with the feminine economy that Jennifer Armbrust teaches. We haven't fully stepped into that and just publicly and proudly stated how we are, who we are, what we value. How, you know, like that's that's slightly uncomfortable because it's we don't have any role models for that quite yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of role models. I will say when we went to DazzleCon in Portland in November, I did feel comfortable. Yes. Like I did yes. not feel any kind of freaked out, genderized 
entrepreneurial energy there. It was like a bunch of smart men and women. It was just a beautiful experience to be with those human beings there and be present with them without having to play a role, a gendered role. And I, and I think that every other business event I've been to has been either the girl boss kind of situation or it's been the boy Total startup masculine, masculine economy. economy. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we do find these pockets in, in business and entrepreneurship where, you know, it's just people being smart and ambitious and interesting and thoughtful and creative that we need to hold on to those with dear life and try to learn how can we take this incorporate this into our brand and put it out publicly to create an echo chamber around that energy and I don't know how to do it other than to you know for us to keep having these conversations Sandy that this is what we can do so we can do and we can be really conscious of the words colors and imagery on our websites and our brands and just unabashedly be our beautiful bosses our own bosses right like that's that's all we can do yeah and maybe there's a better word than boss too i'm i'm playing around a boss is someone who supervises people right it's a manager or something like i don't want to be a manager like that's not what i identify like my creative like entrepreneurial self doesn't identify as that like i identify as a creator a builder an artisan founder founder right like a founder is is really start something yeah Mm -hmm. founder to me so maybe that's what we put out there you know and everyone's gonna have their own association with this I think we're just asking you all to to think about what those words that you use mean to you and are they serving you and are they serving the the community that that you're in and that we're all in that's all that's all okay join hustle let's hear the joy for this week okay so I want to talk about ohm writer it's a mac app it's a desktop app or laptop app for your for your mac if you also use macs like we do and it's a writing tool it's a tool that you can use to kind of close out everything else on your screen and have a beautiful place to write and they just came out with a note-taking app that's really cool and i'm just downloading it today but i it's it's like the most beautiful thing and it's called ohm bits and it's meant to replace something like a notepad or like notes on your Mac if you use notes. And it's just a really simple, beautiful way to shut everything out of your mind for a few minutes and jot jot down some notes. So if you're listening to an audiobook or a podcast and you want to take notes, like this would be an ideal tool to use. I also wanted to say too, from all the coding classes and schools I've done, I got really into the idea of writing in like text editors and coding text editors. So Sublime is is a free one that's really cool too. So if anyway this is kind of like really nerdy but i'm just gonna say it's actually like a really neat thing to be able to take notes or you know write a blog post draft in a text editor because the the lines are all numbered and um it's a really clean user interface and it's kind of it's kind of cool you can be hip like me and write your blog posts in a text editor if only i could be as hip as you jenny (laughs) be as hip as me me and my axe and my text editor So the hustle this week is a tiny little book that I absolutely love called We Should All Be Feminists by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. She is an amazing American author. She grew up in Nigeria. And this little book, it's tiny. It's the story of her childhood growing up with a friend, a, a boy, a male, and just how she became aware of her gender growing up with this little friend beside her. And for if you have children boys or girls. I think this is an absolute must read. It's a very simple, very childlike story, um, very simple language, but such a beautiful message. And I just, it's so little and cute. I just love the size of it. It makes me so happy. 
So we should all be feminists. <laughs> so you want to make sure you get the hard copy there, right? Or if you get the Kindle version, you won't get to enjoy the size of the book. No, no. You can't read that book on Kobo in Canada or Kindle oh, in the dear. U.S. The Kobo. This book came from her TED Talk, so you could also you could also listen to her. I have not watched it. We will include the TED Talk we'll in the it. show notes. All right. All right, folks. Awesome. We will see you Wednesday for an office hours. Bye-bye. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample. Sample.